0: I was still standing. I just want to—I um, didn't get a chance to say it on Thursday night. But Donald Wayne and Libby, you know the Creative Lab. I know the students did it, but we just want to say, where's Wayne? I think he's the old boys down the back. <laughs> but just to say thank you, you know, an amazing vision prophetically spoken over their lives, and they put that into action by creating the, this amazing uh, ministry Creative Lab. And, you know, that expression will go around the world, but just the way that you're discipling people, just the impact on people's lives, we just say, wow, great. Amen. How about giving them a big clap? (laughs) What I want you to do is just, if you feel good about it, just lift your hands where you are. Uh, Just uh, let's open our spirit. And we just thank you, Father. Today is a a day where we do celebrate, we we do look back and we give you thanks for just all the amazing things that you have not only done in our own lives personally, but what you have done corporately, the expression of this church, not only in this nation, but around the world. And we, we, we never take it for granted. We do honor you, we give you thanks. We thank you for your anointing. We pray tonight that that anointing would increase, that your favor would go to another dimension. And we speak that, we prophesy that each one of us would come into 2017 with a sense that our our lives are going to impact in ways that we could never ever imagine or think. And corporately together, we know that we can always accomplish so much more than we could ever do by ourselves. And we just speak that. We speak your presence. We speak your power right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you take a seat, turn around and give someone a smile. Good. (laughs) Today is a special day and for those who weren't here this morning, for us just to give thanks for what God has done in the life of a Quibbers Church or going back when we first arrived here in Auckland in 1986. Uh, it was called City Apostolic Church, I think, something like that. But anyhow, we, we, we do give thanks for the journey, what God has accomplished. And uh, you know, when you look, you, I've, I've never really personally been good at, I celebrate in my own life significant moments, but I've never stopped to celebrate as a church. And so really today is almost one of the first days we're just taking out time to say thank you, Jesus. Amen? And I pray you join in that. It's a landmark moment. It's a moment where we can say, wow, this is what's happened when you heard on the panel this morning, the significant events and stories. You know, they mentioned a lady by the name, um, Riri mentioned a lady by the name of Palu, and uh, Palu now, and just you know, coming into the church, constantly struggling with personal health, didn't you, Palu? Always struggling, had a hole in her heart, that's what ultimately took her life. But, you know, I think of Edwin and Daphne down here, just the people who have been impacted through just the ministry of that one woman, pretty phenomenal, the way God exposed and and just other lives in here that uh, God has impacted. You know, we've got to constantly give thanks. You know, even uh, Sam, but Kathy coming in as a, what, 13 year old, was it? 14. And, uh, you know, just growing in the house of God, Today, part now leading the church. you know that's how God moves. and I was uh, standing at the back there this morning and there was these little boys running around and they were having fun, and I couldn't help but stop and think, you know, 10 years' time, they'll be on the stage. Amen, 10 years' time, or 20 years' time, they'll be impacting in another way, we'll all look back and say, "Well, I remember you) <laughs> <laughs> But, but that's church, and never underestimate the power of that. You know, church is, is generational, but church is also now. It's what God is doing in the life of the smallest child to the, to the oldest person, and, and that's the amazing part of church. Uh, because t- today, you know, we are making, especially the month of November, a month of Thanksgiving, I, I want to talk about Thanksgiving because it's something that I felt the Holy Spirit take me a, on a journey, I think about five years ago. I begin the year by always saying, okay, God, what do you wanna teach me? And I'd gone through different themes where God taught me about grace, and then he taught me about a whole lot of different things, redemption and love and all those things. And then just at the beginning of the year, he just said, I wanna teach you about thankfulness. And I said, yeah, but I'm pretty good. No, no, he said, I want to teach you. (laughs) That means you aren't good. (laughs) And uh, and so I sort of shuddered a little and said, okay, God, I'll engage. I'll go in a year where I, uh, uh, some months where you just teach me. And and so it was sort of like a a journey for me. And so I want to just take you on some of the things that I learned out of that journey. Because I found that as I learned to express thankfulness, something came to my life. And it was more than just a a little thing. It was actually a big thing. It opened the door. And that's what we're doing today is we're actually thanking God for what he has done. But what you're doing is you're opening your heart for God to do more. You open yourself. You position yourself for more. And uh, what I've learned over the years, one psalm that's uh, pretty powerful, and I'd like you to turn, if you've got a Bible, you might like to go there, Psalm 100. And it, it probably gives expression to, to a theme that goes right through the Bible, but this is uh, established that the psalm is written in a way that gives us an understanding of what other psalms speak about so much. But it starts off and it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And, you know, I, I, I've come to decide heaven is never going to be quiet. Uh, There's so much in the Bible about bringing a shout to God. That's why the expression of what is in your heart has got to be verbalized or demonstrated through your life. And if you're a quieter person, no, no, come on, you're giving praise to a God who's the creator of all things, and that needs to have an expression. Serve the Lord with gladness. Never do it out of a, a sense of it's an obligation. Oh, do I have to? The moment your life gets into that Attitude, what will happen is you will lose the very essence of why God has saved you. And I've uh, watched Nathan serve over the years. Thank you, Nathan. I loved your journey, just your story tonight. But, you know, I've seen him serve with gladness. That gladness of heart is contagious. Amen. Come before his presence with singing, powerful part. Know that the Lord, hears God, that he has made us, and we are not ourselves. We're not, and not we ourselves. And sometimes you can actually think of yourselves. You, you've made yourself. You haven't made yourself. You know, you're created in the image of an almighty God. And then it goes on. We are the people, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And then this thought. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth will endure to all generations. And I just want to give you some, uh, just five things that I've learned about thankfulness. Amen? The first one is thankfulness is like a gate into God's presence. It gives us access. And so often I've watched church life, having been in ministry now 40 years, I've watched people think, oh, no, no, I don't like the fast songs. (laughs) I don't like the noise. I just want to worship him. Well, that's a contradiction to scripture, because the moment you say, "I just want to worship Him," I just want to quiet, I I want to be self-indulgent. What you're doing is it's self-centered. It brings you. What you're trying to do is bring God into your world, because God says the only way to go into His world is to go through a gate called Thanksgiving. It's like a gate. The moment you open your gate of your heart and you become thankful, it's like God in heaven says, wow, I'm going to tune in with that person. I'm going to go where they are. Because they are actually expressing something of the heart of who God is. God likes it. He likes us to express our thankfulness to Him. Because in thanksgiving, we honor. In thanksgiving, we honor. And so out of it, I just learned. I thought, no, no, well, I'm, I, I know I, I understand thanksgiving, but if I was really to, uh, to, to look at my life and really in relationship to God, I wasn't really thankful. I'll be honest. I thanked Him, but if I actually looked at my day, I was all right in church. But if I looked at my day, I never began the day with thanksgiving. So I changed and I disciplined myself. And I said, the moment I, when I wake up and I'm pretty good at it now, as I lie in bed, I'm gonna open the gate of my heart to the presence of God and I'm gonna thank him. So as I lie in bed, my first waking moment I now have come to a point where I welcome God's presence into my heart as I begin the day. I say, God, I just thank you. I thank you right now uh, for different things. I I wake up in the morning and I know, I'll say, thank you for yesterday. Thank you that we could celebrate a significant moment. Even now, I, 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 I sense something rising in my spirit. But so often we want God, but we don't realize how we come to him. And sometimes you know you can wake up in the morning and the last thing you want to do is to be thankful. Because we all have emotion. And sometimes it's very difficult to go, because th- 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 really, in a way, you're not feeling thankful. Amen? Come on. I don't wake up in the morning and feel, wow, oh, God, here I am, I'm thankful today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But it's a discipline. Why? Because I've learned that it's like a gate. The gate gives me access so that the presence of God, the favor of God. How many was 2017 to have favor on it? Come on, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then you enter his courts with praise. Praise actually gets God in his right position. Worship is when you express your love for God, but praise is when you go, God, I want to lift you up. I want to magnify your name. You are the rock of salvation. You're my redeemer. Right now, I lift you up, and what it does is it takes our attention of ourself, and it focuses our, uh, focuses our life and our heart on God, and that's why thanksgiving and praise, I think, you know, it's an old-fashioned term. It's like a liturgy, You don't know what liturgy is? It's a pattern. And sometimes God's got patterns in the Bible. And you can't ignore them. There's no shortcuts with God. The patterns are there for our benefit. And thanksgiving is one of those patterns that just opens your heart and says, right now, I'm going to lay down what I think. I'm going to lay down my emotions, and I'm going to enter in. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you throughout the day, thanking Him. Come on, this is a church of thanksgiving. Come on, this is a church where we thank God because He is the Lord of glory. We thank Him for testimonies in this room. We thank Him for His might. We thank Him for His power. We thank Him for His goodness. We thank Him for His miracles, the things that He's done. Come on, thanksgiving. I didn't actually think you were very good then. Come on, this is a church of thanksgiving. It's a church where we honour Him, we praise Him, we lift Him up, we glorify His name, amen? And I pray that we'll come into a new dimension, amen? Come on, this is not boring stuff, this is God's stuff. The second part is that uh, thanksgiving lifts our focus. It lifts our focus of ourselves, and puts our focus on the one who can help us. And that's why it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, so easy to read these scriptures, and it's actually so easy to preach them too. But to live them is another another thing. It says, be anxious for what? Nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts through Christ Jesus. And so often in prayer, what we do is we let our requests known to God, but we don't come with a thankful heart that He is in control. Thanksgiving helps you to focus that Jesus is in control. It actually helps you to trust Him. It says, okay, I'm making my request now unto you. I'm rolling it onto you right now, and I trust you. I come to you with thanksgiving. I trust you that you're going to work it out. And sometimes God works things out in mysterious ways. How many have learned that? He doesn't answer you the way you, you think he should. He answers different, but he'll always answer better. Say better. He's good. And he helps us to live a gooder life. <laughs> that was good English. <laughs> because he's good. but he doesn't he, he always adds. That's why he will guard your heart with peace. And one of the things that I learned more through this period of learning about Thanksgiving is I learned to go to bed at night, bed is a powerful thing. If you, you're not having enough sleep, how many people in this room don't have enough sleep? Amen? Come on, stand up if you don't have enough sleep. I'm going to pray for you now. Come on, if you don't have enough sleep. Everyone should need, everyone should have between six to eight hours sleep. (laughs) Everyone. And I'm going to put a bit of the fear of God into your heart. Do you want a bit of the fear of God? From what I've read, this is from what I've read, if you don't have enough sleep, you're going to be more open to Alzheimer's disease. So I'm just just putting it out there. The scientific reason why when you sleep, you listen, the way you're wired, when you sleep, God restores your brain. That's why sleep is so important. That's why sleep is so important. We need it. I'm not telling you how much you need, but uh, doctors will say you need between six to eight hours sleep. Now, my prayer, and I'm going to pray for you guys now because you need sleep, is why I'm sleeping, you're working. Why I am sleeping, Scripture says, why we sleep, God works. That's why we can go to sleep at night and be thankful. We can let our requests be known to God. Why? Because why we sleep, God works on our behalf. Amen. And right now, I just want you to stretch. If you're standing by someone, put your hand on their shoulder. We're commanding sleep. There's a miracle of sleep. Not in the sermon right now, please. We don't want that sleep to come over you right now. Amen. Not just yet, later on. Right now in the night. Some of you sleep too much. But that's another sermon. That's called slothfulness. Amen. Get out of bed, slumbering. Amen? Just a little rebuke. (laughs) You need my Father on your case, and then you'd get up. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command sleep to come into people's lives. Father, I pray when people put their head on their pillow at night, anxiety will disappear, fear will disappear, and right now we speak the miracle of sleep to recover people's lives in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Now say, those who are standing, come on, keep standing. Stand up, boy. <laughs> Lift your hands and say, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. He's on your case. Good. Got it? Good. You may sit down. <laughs> Thanksgiving. You see, anxiety, and we all have anxiety. I'm not preaching to you about something I haven't had to wrestle with. Anxiety, you can wake at two o'clock in the morning, you can go into a a, a hot sweat, even though the room is cold. Anxiety, it's like a pressure, tries to take over our life. The Bible says, when your heart is thankful, it helps you to be free from the pressure of anxiety, because you can't work it out in the night, but God can. And that's why we're gonna learn to trust him, amen? The third thing is, so the first one was, it's like a gate to the presence of God. The second part is Thanksgiving lifts our focus. It lifts our focus of our current area or environment and puts it on God. But the third one, similar, but I learned that Thanksgiving navigates my mind. It keeps my mind on course. And a lot of the Psalms just say it like this, Psalm 105 to 107. Great Psalms, but again, these are pattern Psalms which help us to give expression to what God wants, how God responds. It just says, I'll give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. In a way, that's what we're doing today. We're giving thanks. We're making known. This morning, five or six people stood on the stage here. They made known the deeds of God. Amen, we're giving thanks, we're honoring him for what he's done. Next Psalm says, praise the Lord, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. God is a God of mercy. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen over in life, the God I know is a God who'll pick you up. Amen, he's merciful, he's loving, he doesn't condemn, he doesn't push down. The next Psalm goes, i oh, oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good, always talking about how good God is. For his mercy endures forever. And then it says these words, which I think are amazing. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What are we to say? No, we're not to say so. Is <laughs> we to say that the Lord is good. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What are we to say so? <laughs> that the Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say that God is good. Amen. And That's why when when you understand how good God is, you never have a struggle in giving Him thanks. Come on, this is culture. Come on, this is culture. To stand in a room and shout unto the Lord is for a moment. But to live a life of thanksgiving helps you to navigate your mind 24-7. Not just when you're in church, when the environment is conducive, but it helps you to navigate your mind. It doesn't matter what you're going through, you're able to keep your mind clear. I was landing, as you know, I fly a lot. I think this year I've flown 130,000 miles, which is quite a lot of flying. And I was landing uh, a month or so ago in a place called Billen, which is in Denmark. Now, I know this happens more than I'd heard it, but the pilot says today, uh, we will be landing on navigation, automation. There'll be no man involved. He said, the fog is too thick for any pilot to land. Now, I'd never heard that come over a sound system before. I asked Mark Collar, I said, how often? He said, it probably happens more than you know, but they don't tell you. So I was sort of sitting there thinking, well, this plane can't crash because I'm on it. (laughs) So I was giving thanks (laughs) for God's protection (laughs) and for His goodness and His mercy (laughs) as new knew every morning. And so I was giving thanks, but I was sitting by the window, so I was definitely looking out the window. And I could feel, I I know the rhythm of a plan landing, and so I was watching, I could feel we're coming down, but the fog, I couldn't see. All I could see was part of the wing, the fog was thick. And actually, I only could see the ground a moment before the, wind, uh, the wheels touched. So a pilot couldn't have landed, but it landed on navigation. And it was quite a neat experience once it was down. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I learned something. In life, sometimes we have fog moments where if you rest on your emotion you'll never land properly. So you need another navigation system. The navigation system that helps you to land when trouble is around you, when the fog is thick, you cannot rest on your logic or your reason the, the navigation system is, is, your, is God renewing your mind through thanksgiving, renewing your heart through the word of God, renewing your life, so you understand you can have confidence in God and you can actually accept the wonder and trust of his presence. And I believe a lot of us, and I'm guilty myself, is that we can let the fog unsettle us. We don't navigate our mind to trust in what God has said. I'm with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. You trust me. You trust me. I'm your rock. I'm your salvation. They, they're easy words for us as Christians to say, but they're actually very, very powerful when you can understand them and you can apprehend them into your life. And so navigate our mind. Navigation keeps you on course. That's why Thanksgiving is powerful. That's why when you wake up in the morning, you're navigating your mind from yourself To God. And I'll tell you a lot of people, there's a lot of Christians who are, and I'm speaking pastorally now, unnecessarily go through depression. Come on, put your mind, navigate your mind. There's ways that you can get out. I I know psychologists can help us, but I want to say to you tonight, so can Jesus. And there's certain things in the Word of God that I've learned that actually bring me through the fog moments of my life. And I've learned that Thanksgiving is one of those powerful things. It helps you to navigate your mind, keep your mind focused. Come on, Bruce, you do not need to fear. Right now, I know you can't see, I know you can't navigate your landing, but you can trust me because I'm in control. Amen? Come on, that's worth a clap. We've got to navigate our mind into the presence of God. The fourth area, so the first one is it's a gate. The gate to the presence of God. The second one is it lifts our focus. Every believer, every Christian, I think every person needs to get our eyes off our surroundings. We've got to get our eyes on, and, and it sounds it, it sounds a bit spiritual or fruity, but now come on, let's lift our eyes. You know, there was a song when I was a young Christian, and some of the old songs I can remember. We sung one the other night, and I thought, you know, that song I think will always be round. I love you, Lord you know, it'll always be right. It was a song when I was just a new Christian. But another one was turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I'm not going to sing it, but yet the words are incredibly powerful. Amen. Sometimes you've just got to look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one who strengthens you. So you lift your focus. Navigate your mind when you're going through fog. Come on, lift it by, by just by, by, by being thankful, trusting him. The fourth area is, is Thanksgiving sanctifies our environment. Sanctification keeps you free. Growing up, I, I, I sort of didn't like my surname, Monk. You know, they never at school called you Bruce. It was just Monk. <laughs> And then monkey, and there was a whole lot of other things that was associated with it, which I won't go into. But, you know, I, I didn't worry me, but I didn't really think, oh, what a strange name, Monk, you know, out of the monastery, whatever. And, and, but then as I got older and then become a preacher, I thought, oh, yeah, well, you know, it sort of lines up. When I go through the, the, the um, immigration net, and they see Monk on your passport, and then they think, oh, man, that's funny, you're a pastor too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, So so I look at it, and I I think the word monk means a set-apart one. So the older I've got, the more I like it. And sanctification means you're setting something apart. Same same meaning, different, slightly different application, but that's what it means. And so every time we're thankful, we're actually sanctifying our environment. That's why if you ever move into a new home, sanctify it with thanksgiving. This now set apart. I stay in so many rooms over a year, hotel rooms. The first thing I do now when I walk through the door is I say, thank you, Jesus. This room is now set apart for me to sleep in, dwell in. It's set apart for you. Every activity that's happened in this room is now nullified. I cancel it. I'm going to enjoy this room. It's set apart for me. And I found that that brings blessing." Sanctified In the Bible, in, in Romans, I'm not going to go too deeply into this, but Romans chapter 14, it just says, it talks about observing days and observing the Lord, and he who observes a day uh, to the Lord does not. And it talks about eating and eat to the Lord, and he who gives thanks, and he who does not eat. And it talks about food. What I'm saying is, sometimes food had been offered to an idol. And Christians became very... Should they eat it or shouldn't they eat it? And Paul was really coming along and saying, well, really, if you give God thanks for everything that's presented to you, it has no power over you. In fact, you sanctify it. You sanctify that food for your good, for your benefit. But if you do it with a weak conscience, it can have power over you. But if you thank God for it, it actually can help you. And I believe... As Christians, we need to learn to sanctify our environment, sanctify the food, sanctify the the things that are around us, our environment, this building. Who knows what happened? it? But every Sunday when we come in, we come in with what? Come on, we come in with what? We come in with? Come on, we come in with? When you come in with thanksgiving, God's presence comes. It sanctifies the environment, so that the church of Jesus Christ can worship. When we, when we come together, that's why you say grace, is you're sanctifying, you're giving thanks for the food that is before you so that it will have benefit on you and help, God, uh, help you to develop, some of us develop too much, but help, <laughs> help you to, to grow, to be nourished, to be whatever. And so that's why it's important. Thanksgiving uh, is important. If Ethan wouldn't mind coming, just one more point, and then we're going to stand and give thanks. The the, the fifth area is it unlocks people's attitude. And I'm going to come down, right, because I just want to do this. How many are created in the image of God? So... If we're created in the image of God, what is God like? What is God like? He likes it when we come to Him with thanksgiving. So, if God likes it for us to come into His presence for thanksgiving, how much more do you think we like it? Wow. So, if I come up to Mark Stevenson, who I've known for a long time, and I say, Mark, I just want to thank you, and I'm sincere, this is not a gimmick. Because he's been so faithful, loyal, he's gone through the ups and he's gone through the downs. I know the moment I start thanking him, there's something in his heart that opens to my heart. It has a powerful transaction. Why? Because we're created in the image of God. And I actually believe we don't thank one another enough. We don't go up to one another and give thanks. Uh, Kathy will bear this out at Christmas. We've changed the way we do Christmas. Just two testimonies and then we're going to finish. Is you know, kids love presents. I like presents. I'll always look for my name <laughs> <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> how many don't mind a gift? <laughs> Come on, how many don't mind a gift? And, and, and you know, you, you, and kids especially, and, you know, there's about 20 of us at Christmas time and we have all this tree and all the presents around under the tree and the first thing the kids are looking for is their name and what's their but what we've learned to do is, first of all, is sit down in a circle. And I'm, uh, I'm the sort of boss at that time. <laughs> <laughs> this comes quite naturally. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do is we've just learned from the youngest to the oldest to go around and say, what do you give thanks for, for the coming year? Now at the start, little kids might say, I oh, just thank God for my meal." thank God for daddy, you know, because they, they, they can't form. But the more we've done it, the more they've started to express what they're thankful for. And then we take communion. Before we celebrate by giving gifts, we break a little bit of bread and we give thanks. We remember that Jesus is the centre of our home. He's the centre of our family. We establish him in his rightful place. And that, in a way, I've, I've watched the kids as their mind goes off the presents for that moment and focuses on the real reason for Christmas. Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving also works in your relationship with one another. I'm not the best at this, but I know my wife loves flowers. I know what flowers she likes. She likes yellow roses. Because roses for her speak of peace. Not red ones, yellow ones. She knows whether they're brought from a petrol station. (laughs) Or if I've spent 50 to 60 bucks. And I've gone into a shop and I pull out some yellow roses and I say, how can we put some things around that, that those roses will stand out? Now, don't, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not the master husband. <laughs> but every now and again, I get a tick. <laughs> now, if I come home with those flowers, what I'm doing is I'm expressing thanksgiving I'm saying I thank you. In doing that, because she's created in the image of God, and so am I, straight away her gate of her heart opens. The gate of her heart opens. And I reckon that that is amazingly powerful. I, I wonder in the next 12 months, we could actually become a church that's more thankful in the presence of God, more thankful to one another, more thankful by just perhaps pulling out your phone and looking at other people's Facebook entries, why don't you just stop for a moment and say, who could I actually give thanks to right now? Who could I just say thank you? Why? Because the moment you do you know, I know you open their hearts because we're all created in the image of God I um, just one other story i I, 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 I we on this duty about five years ago and you know you're traveling and, and I, I could be known for being quite grumpy if things didn't go right but then I, I'd come up to the desk of an airline and if there was an issue or a problem, I, I just learned to change my language. I just, oh, thank you for helping me. The number of upgrades I've had, because <laughs> I no longer went with an approach of being grumpy. I was staying in Woking recently uh, in London, and walked into the hotel and for some reason my booking had been typical Kiwi term stuffed up and the lady was trying to, have me difficult finding it and she was embarrassed and I just, oh, thank you for helping me. Oh, sure. She made sure I got a coffee and, she, and then she came back and she's sorry for the confusion. But I said, oh, no, just thank you, thank you for helping. And it was my words and it wasn't done in a stupid way. It was just, no, thank you for helping. She said, Oh, Mr. Monk, I'll upgrade you. I came back about 10 days later, walked into the, re- walked into the reception area, and she was, oh, welcome back, Mr. Monk. Now, can you imagine the number of people oh, yeah. go through that hotel. Welcome back, Mr. Monk. How can I help you? Oh, I'll give you an upgrade. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Three times I went into that hotel over that month and for some reason every time that girl was on and I got an upgrade. How many times do you leave a restaurant and you say thank you? How often do you and I'm sorry I don't know all the names of the people on the stage here but how often do you thank them? the bass player, keyboard player. How often do you thank the drummer? You'd sure know if they weren't there. But how often do you thank them for the time, the effort they put in? How often do you thank the staff in this theater I do? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Why? Because Thanksgiving opens people's hearts. Opens the gateway of people's lives. God loves it. We're created in his image. So how much more do people like it? When have you thanked the people around you? Your children? The people you love? We as Kiwis, we're a bit like Fonzie, you know. He could never say, for those people who remember that program, which is probably more than thirty years ago. But if you know him, mean, he could never say sorry again. I think Kiwis are a bit like that when it says, "I can't get it out." Thank you. But yet, it's the language of heaven. It opens up God's gate. Amen. Amen. How about standing with me tonight? How about just for a moment, just lifting your hands in the presence of God? I love the posture of lifting of hands because I think it is a posture of thanksgiving. It's a posture of surrender. It's a posture where we physically reach out to God and we say, God, I I just right now acknowledge you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just for a moment say thank you. We thank you for your amazing love. We thank you for your redemption. We thank you tonight that you are incredibly good. We thank you for the stories that you've written on people's hearts in this room from their journeys of pain, confusion to life. We thank you. We thank you Father, for the people that are yet to be saved through this church, the people who are going to be touched in this city, we just say thank you. We thank you, Lord, for just the wonder of the people you've created and placed around us. We thank you. We could never do life without them. We could never do life without their words of encouragement, their words of reproof, their words that sometimes just admonish us to go to another level. We could never be without them. And tonight, with our hands lifted, Come on, I would just love you right now out of your heart to express thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now. Thank you that your love endures. Your love is is constant. You can never measure the love of God as far as the, the heights of the sky to the depths below. You can't measure its width, its breadth. But tonight in the name of Jesus, we say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. Just before I close, I I just want to tell you one more little story. Just look at me for a moment and you'll get it. Some years ago, Helen and I were praying for money. And Helen got this sense that she should pray for $10,000. And I agreed. So we held hands together and we agreed and then she went preaching somewhere and she came back and for her love offerings they gave her ten thousand dollars i says girl you're going preaching every week i'm staying home <laughs> <laughs> i think i'll go fishing <laughs> spend the money <laughs> but 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 you know i i think it was a monday or tuesday i can't remember the day i went into the our bank as you do online and I saw the $10,000. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. But underneath it was $100. The $100 had been going into our bank account every month for the last 16, no, at that time, 14 years. So it actually, the value of it now was more than $10,000. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me. He just said, Bruce, how come you've never given me thanks for that? See, thanksgiving is not just expressed when something big happens. It happens with everything on the journey. Amen. Everything. Can I say everything? Everything. Partial healing is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Come on. You want full healing? Thank Him. Provision starts with small. Thank Him. Come on. All starts with small. It's the ability to give thanks. And I speak right now into people's life. I speak into the culture of Equippers Church here in Auckland. And I declare that right now as we approach 2017, we're approaching a year of favour. We're approaching a year of dynamic blessing. But we're gonna usher it in because we're gonna be a people who thank you, Lord Jesus. We're gonna open the gate of our heart. We're gonna welcome the presence of God. We're gonna be a people who knows how to praise you, not just make a noise, but we're going to be a people who lift you up, because why? You're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You are the bright morning star. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are our hope. You're our delight. You're our shield. You're our defender. You're our rock. You're our salvation. You're you're a good God, and we declare it, and we acknowledge you tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, Let there be a sound in this place. Let there be a sound of thanksgiving. Let there be a sound of praise. Let there be a sound that declares the goodness of an eternal God in Jesus' name.